This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Friday. Good to be with you today, Matt and Patrick. Patrick, we haven't had a full five-day week now in three weeks. I don't know what I'm going to have to do here. I mean, I'm going to have to, I might have to, I'm going to have to file a form of protest, I think, next week on a five-day work week next week. Unbelievable. You should just plan a best-of day, but not tell anyone which day it is. Well, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I really need to say anything to anyone. I think that they'll, they'll all figure out uh, it's whatever. Uh, do you have fun plans for this weekend, Patrick? I'm doing some soccer tomorrow. Um, otherwise, I think might just be trying to enjoy the uh, the weather before uh, possible angries come out Sunday when the Vikings kick off. Uh, speaking of which, I am going to actually be at that game. Oh, how did this develop? Oh, uh, well, it's uh, my, my, my wife's business. Uh, corporation that she works for. She basically said they, they had some open tickets. They, they had a limited amount. They said, put your name in. We got some. So I'm going to be there. All right. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've been in U.S. Bank a few times. Um, I've never been to a Vikes game. The last Vikes game I went to, the last Vikes game I went to was probably in the 1980s. <laughs> I probably was 1980s. And I remember being at the Metrodome and there was a band sitting in the next section over to us, which were great. It was a bunch of old guys with instruments and they were great. But I'm going to guess that the, the band is, I'm sorry, those seats are costing us how much to have those old people sitting there. Get them out of here. I mean, that would be my guess at this point. Uh, so I get to do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I might go over to the MIA. They got that one exhibit that's going to be shutting down here in a week or so. I might go over and try to check that out before uh, things are done. I hope you have a good weekend, no matter what you're getting up to. Uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. I will say that the, um, yeah, that I, you know, one of the things that I'm, uh, I, I, I kind of caught today. I mean, sometimes you can see that crime is kind of you know just quickly tried to someone tries to 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 do something quickly and 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 it, it you know ends up kind of blowing up in their face. There are other times where a crime happens and it's clear that this was some sort of organized thing because I can tell you what what happened over in um, uh, in Eden Prairie. Uh, this this story is it's kind of nuts because yeah this is uh, yeah. This was in or this was this is when you when this is kind of like one of those movie crimes that I think you can you can you hear about you know you kind of don't don't really believe that they actually happened but this indeed did actually happen there so uh, bandits that's how they start this bandits I think of time bandits the fun guys from time bandits that's what I think of uh, not bandits bandits sneaked an electronic tracking device onto a vehicle parked at the home of an Eden Prairie couple waited until the coast was clear and installed. A safe, a safe, holding at least five hundred thousand dollars worth of jewels and cash, uh, according to police. <laughs> I guess I mean if they're stealing a safe like it's the eighteen hundreds, I guess yeah, bandit is a perfectly fine term to use. A whippersnapper. That's what it was. One of those whippersnappers. 
The theft from the couple in the jewelry business on August 25th was possibly months in the making. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Patrick, You did you read this story at all? I have not had the chance to read this yet. I, I got to believe this was clearly. This is this is not some fly-by-night organization. But as opposed to, you know, the story of the, the idiot nephew that basically robbed his aunt, and, uh, his aunt and her partner and basically stole their car and the puppies over oh, in, yeah, you know, yeah. in, uh, in Golden Valley. As opposed to that idiot who didn't really think anything I'm thinking through, these person clearly was, there was someone cooking with gas on this as far as how do you pull off a crime because this was not... This was not your standard snatch and grab. Yeah, this definitely sounds to me like somebody who had to know these people and had some kind of inside how, access. To how them. would you know they had a five? Do they have a sign out front? Five hundred thousand dollars worth of jewels inside in the safe. And by the way, nice job securing the safe. If it was it on wheels, did you make it easy? For <laughs> was one of those things. It's not exactly uh, kind of a you know uh, you know you know one of the great crime capers of all times. If you basically, you know, and here's a pulley jack you can use to date this out of here. There you go. Court records point to at least one of the suspect burglars by name. They have not made any arrests. Police spokesman, Carrie Knoll said the case is still active under investigation. Here's how the heist went down. According to a search warrant affidavit filed in Hennepin County district court that asked permission to access email and phone data of the possible suspect. The husband was, so they must have known this person because that, that that must have been the case. They must have known the name. But my guess is going to be if there is as much coordination with this, that name ain't real. All right. The husband and wife, whose names are not included in the court filing, called police to report that a safe was missing from their attached garage so they could easily have access to pull the car in, you're saying. Oh, God. You know, I don't know about you, but there's these things called banks, you know, and, you know, I, uh, never mind. Never mind. <sighs> anyway, the, the safe contained $500,000 to $600,000 in jewels uh, related to their business and $100,000 in cash. Who'd you blab to? Because someone found out about that. They, they said they had left their home near Highway 5 in Del Road about noon in their minivan for lunch at a restaurant about 50 minutes away in a diner's 50th and French retail district. When they left the restaurant, the couple saw they had a flat tire and took a Uber home. They arrived to see their home had been burglarized. The neighbor's security video recorded two people arrive at the couple's home in a vehicle while they were away and crawl under an SUV outside the couple's home. The police officers inspected the minivan at the tire store, saw the tire had been slashed. So what, I want to make sure we understand this. They had put a GPS honing device on there. It was a GPS tracking device, but they also put a just enough of a hole in the tire to where it wasn't leaking too fast. But the minute they drove over to the Galleria or 50th and France, or no, excuse me, 50th and France, the minute they drove over there, the tire got flat by the time they got there. So they knew as long as the car was there that the car was going, they were there as well. So it gave them an exact timeline to basically move the safe out. Which they may or may not have needed too much time. My guess is this was this sounds like a kind of almost like a military operation. These guys were in and out of that house with the safe very quickly. And the fact that they have a name, which I once again highly doubt is the real name of this individual, but you know, still. The GPS device, which requires a subscription for monitoring purpose, had two email accounts associated with it, as well as a phone number from the New York City area code. 
Information provided by the Land Sea Air Model 54 device was investigators revealed that the suspects in the burglary bought the devices, began using them on April 5th, leaving police to believe that the planning of the break-in could have started months ago. You think? Uh, yeah. The popular consumer website for automobile enthusiasts reviewed the specific dice device and praised it for its compact design, easy to set up, and creating a real-time tracking data. And boy, oh boy, is it helpful when you want to take a safe out of someone's house. I tell you what. So let's just do the logic problem here, okay? Patrick's right. Someone blabbed. <laughs> so, so you know, you don't put a sign outside your house saying, guess what we got in here's, you know? And there's some and there's some ribs in the freezer, you know. <laughs> That's you're not putting that out there. Did they go through the freezer? Oh, that would be that'd be salt in the wound, wouldn't it? And my quarter of a deer, what the hell? That would be salt in the wound. They went in there, they hit that house, they were in and out so quick. And by the way, it no quick note to you, they they had the video surveillance from the neighbor's house of them tampering with the car. What they don't have, it sounds like, is video of them entering the house and taking the safe, which once again tells you these guys weren't amateurs. These guys knew what they were doing. And, you know, as opposed to that idiot nephew who basically it's it's only TikTok, man. Tick, just go turn yourself in because they're going to catch you. And don't take dogs. What are you doing? Um, this, this is, this is a very different thing and very, I'm looking forward to the, the movie, uh, Paul Bettany, maybe, uh, Mark Wahlberg. I could see this. Let's pull this together. Liam Neeson, the heist. Although the reality is, is that it doesn't sound like the good guys were robbing this time. It would sound like the bad guys were. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. So, hey, we got some things to talk about because we're, we're going to we're going to we're going to start a new segment. Hey, Republicans having a bad day. And we're going to start off with uh, one of the Republicans. This is a Republican who serves Anoka, who claims to be a moderate, claims to be a moderate. Jim Abler. Uh, he. uh you know, he's one of these guys that I'm middle of the road. I'm not all this extremism. He was on, and by the way, there, this audio is not the best, but that's not us. And it's not Heartland Signal who posted this article or this video. It's the show because apparently he doesn't understand how feedback works. So th this is Jim Abler on some show. I don't even care about the guy. But Patrick, when you're ready, go ahead and let's play this little clip here, okay? We, it was these 30 something, particularly um, progressive socialist uh, women that are there. That's what's driving it. And the moderates went away. Yeah. Um, and if you want to have a good conversation, if you'd even talk to you, uh, John Hoffman, who described himself to be a moderate, voted for everything that he was not going to vote for. Every crazy idea. At the end, he stuck with the team. He was going to be Joe Manchin. I don't know if you ever reach out to him, but it might be entertaining if he'd actually take your show and then ask. Oh, him. he comes on the he comes <laughs> to the show. I'll ask him to do that. I will. I will do that. I uh, yeah, I'll do that. There you go. So this is Jim Abler. Now, once again, I want to make sure you understand. Jim Abler has basically made a career out of trying to be. I'm a moderate. 
Now, I want to remind everyone, Jim Abler has, it's pretty damn rich for Jim Abler to call out Hoffman or any other Democrat when time after time after time, he himself has voted with the extreme far right of the Republican Party. And this is the, the main reason I am bringing this forward is because I want to make sure we, we understand something I've talked about now for a few months. And that is that the Republicans are going to do everything in their power to try to convince you, hey, we've learned our lesson. We're not these far-right extremists anymore. We like chicks and minorities. You can vote for us because we've got a new moderate common sense. And that is a lie. It's a lie. The second they get into power, who makes the decision for them? Is it Jim Abler? Bull crud. It's ZZ Flop. It's Grunhagen. It's 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 it, it's it's Franson. It's it's you know Walter Hudson. It's every extremist far right guy that's in the House and Senate. They're the ones driving the agenda. They're the ones putting out the the whole thing. That, that is who that Dras Draskowski. They're the ones that are going to be dictating what exactly does and does not happen. And time and time again, we have seen these so-called moderate Republicans who get out there and say, hey, my district's a little more blue than I'm comfortable with. So let me talk about how I'm going to work with the other side. And yet, when it comes down to it, they never work with the other side. So for Jim Abler to sit there and act as if all of a sudden this is a bridge too far, shut up, you liar. And speaking of which, about Jim Abler, you need to go to his website because if there's a website that's a Republican trying to pretend he's a Democrat, it's Jim freaking Abler. His entire website is blue. I mean, all of his shirts are blue. His color themes are blue. He's definitely trying to, to portray himself as, I'm really a Democrat. No, you're not. You know, he talks about his issues and he's, you know, I, I've just lived here. 41 years, you know, been in the Minnesota Senate since 2016. Talks about protecting the family budget, ensuring all kids can read, do math, be successful. Hey, I'm not these far right guy. Well, then why did you consistently vote with the far right of your party, sir? Why? Remember when you had the insulin bill and not only you, but Jensen basically voted against it? As a moderate, this was a Republican bill, and you guys all voted against it. Yeah, you're hacks. That being said, I got to tell you, I don't find anything sexier personally than 30-something progressive socialist women. You guys are hot, 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 H-A-W-T, hot. You are, because you're basically you know, kicking butt and taking names. And it's, it's, it's funny how... You know, even, you know, little kitty cat Jim Abler, he's, he's, he's somewhat bothered by the fact that the that they have, have gone out there and, you know, been as successful as possible. And I should mention, sure, there were a few things that were on the progressive side, but there were a lot of things on the moderate side, too, that got passed, including tax cuts, the biggest tax cut ever in the state of Minnesota. 
you know, the the rebate checks that got passed. That's my Jim. Did you vote for those rebate checks? Oh, I I don't I don't know if he did or not. I don't know. Did you did you vote for the tax break? I, my gonna guess is you didn't. Those are moderate bills. Why didn't you vote for them? Oh, that's right. Because now you've got to portray it as the only thing that got passed was liberal Bernie Sanders, progressive, you know, socialism, communism, Marxism bills. That's the only thing they got passed. When the reality was, that was a pretty, it was a great session because the DFL was the DFL and they passed democratic strong bills. And some of them were moderate, some of them were progressive, but they got them passed. And you're just kind of jealous because you only wish your party could actually get as much stuff done as the DFL did. I'm going to take a break. Come on back. I'm going to talk about Hoffman for a second. And also, how about that line about Joe Manchin? If it doesn't tell you everything about how Republicans want their Democrats to be voting with them 90% of the time, and then they're okay Democrats. I'll talk about that when I do return. And also, Mike Lindell, speaking of desperate, angry, sad Republicans, we'll talk about him when we come back as well. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. We'll have some music, by the way, a little bit later on. Uh, so, yeah, Jim Abler, Mr. Hey, I'm a moderate. I always don't side with the Republicans. <laughs> Funny story. I didn't see you crossing the aisle too much there this uh, this spring there, as you call. And by the way, it's going to be awkward when you uh, go back into the Senate and you have to look at the 30-something progressive socialist women who are just stunning, by the way, if I can say so. You And, and the men. Hey, you guys are great, man. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, can we, get, can we get T-shirts made up on that one? Now, there is one element of this video that you cannot see. <sighs> is that Jim Abler seems to be wearing... Uh, Patrick, you've seen the video yourself. This was, I'm thinking Sly Stallone, 1986, you know, sweatshirt with the sleeves cut off. Am I crazy on that? No, that's kind of what he looks like he's wearing in that. <laughs> Jim, are you in an arm wrestling competition? What's, what's going on there? Are you taking a, a break from the mat? Uh, you guys need someone to talk to Republicans about what you do on camera. Who was it that was is in bed that was on his Zoom meeting in bed? Oh god. Oh, I I I've that that image is scarred in my mind. You guys you guys need some fashion advice or something, but uh you know, Jim, you know, I I, I get it. You know, you you know, you got to let the cannons out sometime. Let the pythons be seen. Let you know, that's why you go shirtless, you know, sleeveless there, you know. You got to boom boom. Firepower. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's going to help you with the ladies. I just, I'm just going to, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say uh, it's, it's a very Staten Island 1980s look and it is not attractive. But let's go back to what Abler said about John Hoffman. Now, I have had John Hoffman on the air. I like John Hoffman. He and I have gotten off pretty, talked pretty well. He and I do not agree on some things. There are some things he does. He's a moderate Democrat. I'm more of an Al Gore traditionalist. Duh, there are just going to be some things that we disagree on, some things that we do agree on. 
I agree with John Hoffman on most things. I endorse John Hoffman because he's John Hoffman. He's a good guy. Just because John Hoffman sits there and does what Republicans do every session, which is you cannot not vote, you cannot not vote for these bills. That's that's the Republican standard. And and I know John Hoffman's got a lot of power. I'm pretty sure John Hoffman got a lot of things that he wanted to get in these bills as well. So he delivered for his constituents and his district. Guarantee you did it. Hoffman's got power over there, man. He's been in there for a while. And frankly, I like John Hoffman there because sometimes you do get some of these guys who are way on the progressive side and he kind of says, okay, guys, let's come back a little bit. Not saying that we didn't have progressive bills, not saying that we didn't have moderate bills. I think the team worked well together. John Hoffman, big salute to you because you're part of the solution. You weren't part of the problem. Absolutely. But look at how Abler, you got to be like Joe Manchin. You see, Joe Manchin's a Democrat who agrees with Republicans 90% of the time. Then you're a tolerable Democrat. No, no, you're a Republican at that point. Joe Manchin's a jackass, and he's horrible, and I would never vote for him, and I can't understand how the DFL, the Democrats of West Virginia, have continually put up with that crap, but that's what you get. And he's not, he's not a Democrat. But that's the the kind of Democrat they like, the ones who basically are lapdogs to Republicans. Jim, good luck in your next campaign, because I guarantee you, if there is a Senate district that's got a big old red circle around it right now, it's yours. And this, you know, ripping on what will be policies that will be popular to your constituents, you basically trying to desperately act like you were part of that, that solution when you were dogging on them. Yeah, good luck with that. This video will not help you. And I look personally forward to seeing you get beat coming up in 2026 for you because as the Senate, it's not going to be four years, but dude, you're going down. All right. Because yeah, you're, you're, you are, you are, if you're trying to play this game that you're really this moderate and look at my website, I'm democratic blue all the way through the page. No, you're not. And put on some freaking sleeves. You're doing a video. You're doing a, yeah, it's a crap video. I have no idea who this guy is sitting down in his, you know, his bunker doing this show. But dude, you're still doing a video interview. Try to look somewhat decent. Okay. Speaking of people that don't look decent, Mike Lindell, Trump loving pillow monger. (laughs) Oh, we live in fine times, don't we? Trump-loving pillowmonger Mike Lindell has been facing a barrage of defamation lawsuits since the end of the 2020 election when he began pushing multiple bogus claims about voting machines stealing votes away from President Trump. Fun story, they didn't. Chris, I'm not even going to try your last name. Chris, an investigative reporter for the Washington Post, flagged a video on Friday from a deposition that Lindell took with attorney representing Dominion Voting Systems employee Eric Krumer, in which Lindell, well... Let me just, yeah, it doesn't go well for Mike Lindell. The video shows the MyPillow CEO reacting with hostility, even basic questions from the attorney. And he even got feisty when the attorney simply asked him to confirm that they had only met one other, uh, one another a few minutes before starting the tape deposition. After the attorney informed Lindell that he was going to try to take the deposition slowly to make it easier for the court reporter to take down the transcript, well, 
Let me let me just read the transcript of this. You tell me how Lindell took just that simple command. Don't sit and scold me already, mister. I'll do whatever I have to do. You're just a lawyer. You're an ambulance-chasing lawyer, so don't start with me. I got all day. I'll take as much time as you want, so let's go. You're not my boss. You're just a lawyer. Frivolous lawyer. <laughs> There's tape, too. Uh, according to Steve, the Coomer this week made a new filing calling for sanctions against Lindell on the grounds that Lindell has been combative, vulgar, disrespectful, non-responsive, evasive, and consistently loud during his deposition. <sighs> Mike. Mikey. Years ago, we sat down about mid-2021, and we said to you, starting then, if you've got evidence of this fraud, you need to show it, have a press conference, and put it out there. If you don't, what you need to do is apologize profusely and hope that they basically give you a little bit of waiver. You didn't listen to us. I'm not surprised. You probably think I'm, I was trying to work against you. I wasn't. I was trying to help you out because at the end of the day, I don't want to see you necessarily lose your company because it does employ a lot of Minnesotans. We were trying to help you and you didn't want it. And I kept saying, Mike, go on out there, show them the evidence or apologize profusely. You didn't take the evidence. Over and over and over again, you kept, you... When you yourself brought out the so-called evidence at one of your South Dakota, was it the South Dakota Expo? And you said, I'm going to challenge anyone to prove that this is not right. And the guy goes, okay, I'll take the challenge. Oh, this is not right. This is just a bunch of random numbers. It doesn't have any sense, make any sense at all. And the courts basically said you had to pay because he had indeed proved you wrong. And you went ballistic there. Even then, I begged you just to apologize of profusely. You might be able to keep your company, but you kept going and going and going and going. And here you are. You're begging for money. You've never lost as much. You're about to basically lose everything you've got for the rest of your life. Donald Trump has abandoned you. All the rest of them have abandoned you because th- that you weren't there for because you were smart. You were there because you had a lot of money and you echoed points, so they tolerated you. But you, it was easy for them to cut you loose and let you go and take the fall yourself. So I'm sorry. I don't feel anything bad for you, dude. You basically blowing up in this deposition – this is your bed with your pillows? I don't know. I mean, is that what they call them? Pillows? Okay. You got to sleep in it, man. And I feel sorry for everyone that works for your company because they didn't they didn't go along with this. They didn't want to see their jobs taken. And that's going to be it. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you made your bed, you gotta sleep in it. And as a guy who makes pillows, you should have known that. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM 950.
I'll be your snook and welcomes, baby. <laughs> it is the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205, We, of course, focus a lot here on the local stuff, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit here. I, got, I, I know Patrick, and you know what? I'm not going to disagree with you. We've talked a lot of the SRO stuff, man. I got another one that shows these guys are just kind of a joke here. So I got that coming up here. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. We do have some national stuff I want to get to here because it's funny as heck. <laughs> it is funny. First of all, uh, let's talk, let's go. It, it's national news with a local spin. A constitutional law professor at the University of St. Thomas has co-authored an article igniting a national debate on whether the U.S. Constitution bars Donnie T. from being on the ballot next year. Michael Stokes Paulson, along with William Bowd of the University of Chicago, wrote a 126-page draft article that has gone gangbusters online, even though it won't be printed in the University of Pennsylvania Law Review until next year. Baden Paulson said the Constitution's Section 3, Article 14, a Civil War era provision, forbids former officer holders who participated in insurrection or rebellion from holding office. Again, it was basically passed after the Civil War, if I remember correctly, which basically said that once the country came back together, that no, that Robert E. Lee could not run for the presidency of the United States. That's just kind of what it is. Uh, quote, Donald Trump cannot be president, cannot run for president, cannot become president, cannot hold office unless two-thirds of Congress decides to grant him amnesty for his conduct on June 6th, Bowd said, summarizing the article in the interview with the New York Times last month. Paulson declined an interview request about the draft article the Washington Post opinion piece had tossed a legal grenade onto our politics. Columnist Greg Sargent predicted various legal challenges throughout the country to Trump's name being on the ballot. Minnesota Secretary of State Steve Simon said he expects the U.S. Supreme Court will be asked sooner rather than later whether to allow Trump on the ballot. On Wednesday, a Denver group filed a lawsuit in Colorado claiming the clause bars Trump. Simon, who took two courses from Paulson when he was in law school at the University of Minnesota in the 1990s, said it's extraordinary for a law review article to receive so much attention. Obviously, it does. But it is cut and dry. They were trying to stop the certification of a legitimate legal election. They were there at the order of Donald Trump. That's not me saying that. That's every single one of these clowns in court. I was here because of Donald Trump. You have a a court case in Washington, D.C., where it's specifically talking about the coordination of the attempted overthrow of the government of the United States so that Trump could be installed for as leader Uber Aulis. No, he should not be qualified to, to run for office. He's a traitor to the country. My guess is going to be is that the Supreme Court, I mean, we already know Alito and Thomas, when they get back from their junkets, my, those trips are just a delight, aren't they? First class accommodations, you can just, you can, it's like you can pay for, you know, a Supreme Court ruling. I mean, it's just all you have to do is take Clarence Thomas over and get him onto the waffle bar. I mean, it's just awesome. But they're, they're surely going to say, I didn't see any insurrection. Fine. I don't think Roberts wants anything to do with Trump. I'm sure the three other liberal justices don't want anything to do with him. So it comes down to, will one, I mean, Gorsuch is going to probably go with Alito and Thomas. I think Amy is going to go with them. I think it comes down to Kavanaugh. And, you know, Kavanaugh is not a good guy. 
but he also is not, I think, this this far right guy they thought he was going to be because he's already been, you know, Gorsuch will rule in the favor of Native Americans, which is refreshing to see. But that's about the extent of his liberalism, for sure, or progressivism. Kavanaugh's a different cat. And so it'll be interesting to see. But once again, to all you people who said, there's no difference between Donald Trump. Uh, funny story is that he put the th- he'll probably have put the three Supreme Court justices on the Supreme Court who will basically say that the guy who tried to you know form an insurrection can still run for the presidency of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, why everyone votes, everyone votes every freaking election. You have to vote every election. And yeah, it might not be your first choice, but eat the freaking beef and cheddar from Arby's, not the crap sandwich the Republican Party is actually putting out. It's that simple. I can't I can't put it any other way. You're I get it. It's not your first choice, but eat the damn sandwich because they're trying to serve you something that's unedible. Anyway, you know, it's it's pretty clear to me that Trump does not have the right to be on a ballot anymore. And there are some states that are indeed in the process of removing him from the ballot. So this will get to the Supreme Court. And my gut gut feeling is that the conservative majority that he placed on that court will take care of it. Will take care of it. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Now let's go down to the secrets of the special, uh, the, uh, the, uh, grand jury down in Atlanta. In addition to recommending charges against former President Trump, a Georgia special purpose grand jury that investigated efforts to overturn 2020 election also indicted it believed charges should have been filed against South Carolina U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham, former Georgia U.S. Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler. So I want to stop right there because we have to understand a reality about January 6th. I'm not saying all the Republicans were on board. I think, you know, Kinzinger and uh, and Cheney basically proved that. But it's pretty clear to me that multiple Republicans that were in the Capitol at that point were indeed part of the insurrection attempt. And Purdue and Loeffler, I mean, the two Georgia senators... And Lindsey Graham. That's, that's, Lindsey Graham's a pretty senior senator, too. We already know, what was it, Lauren Boebert was out there giving, you know, giving what seemed to be, what sure seemed to be giving the insurrectionists, you know, detailed information on the exact location of Nancy Pelosi as that was going on. And by, and by the way, I heard a story that the security head went over to her and said to her very directly, stop telling her everyone where she is. And she kind of acted like, oh, me, innocent me. I just was, I just don't like, yeah, apparently someone in security had actually gotten wind that she was out there giving up this information and had to go tell her to shut up. I wasn't doing that. I was just, I don't know why. Why would I be telling everyone where Nancy Pelosi is while there's an angry mob outside the walls? I don't know why. The 23 special purpose grand jurors had the ability to subpoena witnesses and recommend changes to this report, which they completed in January. They did not have the authority to indict. The report, which is largely sealed until Friday, was released because many of the recommendations came to fruition on August 15th when a traditional grand jury indicted Trump and 18 others, although Graham, Perdue, and Loeffler were ultimately not charged, though. Trump and the other defendants, in all cases, have pled not guilty. 
Most of the report by a special purpose grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, had been ordered to be withheld from the public as the district attorney there considered charges against Trump and others in his orbit. In a footnote, the report shared that one juror who voted against indictment for Purdue and Loeffler believes that their statements following the November 2020 elections while pandering to their political base did not give rise to their being guilty of criminal conspiracy. So, And that's the problem is all these Republicans after the 2020 election, pretty much every Republican said, I don't think that the election was legitimate. And as a matter of fact, in this state, there are plenty of freaking Republicans who ran around screaming, the the election was illegitimate. The election was illegitimate. They were, they're all saying it, but you, so it's, it's kind of hard. You can't, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between the 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 actual Avengers and all the people who are cosplaying the Avengers, you know, I guess I shouldn't use heroes. Uh, maybe what we should say is uh, the you know it's a difference. It's a difficult to t- determine the dif- difference between the Chicago Black Sox who who fixed the white uh, the World Series and the people who are cosplaying being members of the Chicago Black Sox Blackhawks or Black Sox who fixed the uh, the uh, World Series back then. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lieutenant Governor, current Lieutenant Governor, Burt Jones, is also mentioned twice in the report, and the grand jury voted that he be recommended for charges in his involvement as one of the 16 Georgia Republicans who falsely claimed to be a state's duly elected and qualified elector. However, last year, a judge, Judge McBurney, determined that Willis had a conflict of interest after hosting a fundraiser for Jones's Democratic opponent and was precluded from questioning him as part of their investigation and thus prevented her from charging him as part of the case. Instead, the Prosecuting Attorneys Council of Georgia, a nonpartisan association of Georgia district attorneys, is expected to appoint another prosecutor to decide if any charges should be brought against Jones. So he's not out of the woods yet either. Although I'm going to guess is they're going to find, let's find, like, if you know Georgia at all, like Oglethorpe County. We'll go find the Oglethorpe County DA and see what he has to say. This document further demonstrates this entire political service has been in pursuit of Fannie Willis's personal gain. Uh, this is uh, according to Jones in a statement. This is Burt Jones, the uh, lieutenant governor who seems to be guilty as hell. This is obviously a fraud. A majority of special purpose grand jurors recommended charges against 27 people with respect to the national effort to oversee, overturn the 2020 presidential election. Among those were Graham Loeffler Purdue, the former Trump national security advisor, Michael Flynn. In November 2020, Trump pardoned Flynn, who twice had entered guilty pleas on charges of lying to the FBI. Also included in the recommendations were several lawyers either on Trump's team or working to support of it, including Boris Epstein, Cleta Mitchell, and Lynn Wood. Wow. Jesse Benal, attorney for Michael Flynn, said in a statement, today's report leaves reveals even more corruption by the politically motivated prosecutor with one goal. No, 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 no. This wasn't the prosecutor. This was the grand jury who heard all the evidence and said, your guy's guilty, dude. That's the, there's a big difference here. Uh, the baseless witch hunt, dude. Can I, can I just say how much I would love to see Michael Flynn go to freaking Guantanamo? God... Please, Christmas gift. That's on the wish list this year. Epstein, who remains a close advisor to Trump, declined to comment. Mitchell did not immediately to request for contempt. Lynn Wood said in a phone call with CBS News, I don't comment. uh, I didn't commit any crime. He believed the Fulton County District Attorney Famous made the correct decision by not charging him. (laughs) Was, Was that followed by a quote of, 
Phew! <laughs> I was not involved in the national effort over to the 2020 election. The only thing I did was I filed two lawsuits in Georgia in my name. Those two cases were thrown out on standing because they didn't have any merit and there was no fraud. In a statement Friday, Trump spokesman Stephen Chung blasted Willis in the special grand jury process as politically motivated, clearly biased, saying they voted a blah, 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 blah. I'm guilty, 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 guilty. I'm, well, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if he actually said that, but, you know, he, it, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, oh, I should add this. I should add this. The grand jury did also weigh in on another thing. We find by a unanimous vote that no widespread fraud took place in Georgia in 2020 presidential election that could result in overturning the election. So they actually looked into that and determined, no, indeed, there was no fraud in that election. It's hilarious watching a bunch of people who have followed a guy who basically has openly admitted to the crime Act as if there's no evidence of it. For God's sakes, half of you have admitted to the crime. And we've got videotape and audio of most of you. My God, the the FBI only wishes, only wishes mob cases were this loaded with evidence. (laughs) It's, It's As opposed to, he's sleeping with the fishes. It's a, hey, yeah, I killed him and he's out in the dump. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that would be, that's kind of where Trump is at. 952-946-6205, Michael Flynn to jail. Michael Flynn to jail. Please, 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 please. We'll take a break. Come on back. We'll uh, talk a little bit more on SROs when I do come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM 950. Improvise a story we had. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. 952 946 So um, the, um, I, you know, once again, we are, we are talking about the SRO issue. And in case you once again missed it, uh, this past legislative cycle as part of the education bill, the, the DFL passed new laws that said basically that a police officer in a school, an SRO, a school resource officer, can no longer without cause just grab, manhandle, you know, and, 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 you know, harass a student in school. Now, they even went as far as to say very clearly that if there is a crime going on, if there is a fight going on, uh, if there's someone that's attempting to hurt other people, that's going on, that... You know, all bets are off. You can easily go on out there and you know, subdue that individual any way that you can. So this is only, only about basically that an officer just can't without cause go on out there and start, you know, attacking someone. They just can't do that. Now, that being said, what what's interesting is that, you know, this is, you know, the, the Republicans have come on out there and said that every school is in danger now because a cop can't just go out there and start, you know, batoning a kid. You know, unless every kid can, every cop can do that, whatever they want to, ah, that sort of thing. You know, your standard, you know, logical argument that you'll hear from, yeah, them. Yeah, no, it's not, it's, yeah, no. 
needless to say, what we've we kind of have determined, what we have we have talked about is that this is all a joke. In the sense being is that the Republicans this is SROs only are in 28% of the state schools. Today we learned yesterday I, I made the point that if you look at 28% of the schools, well, we already know of the schools they're in Duluth, Rochester, Bloomington, Minnetonka, Savage, all basically still have their SROs. We also heard that Lakeville and South Washington both still have all their SROs as well as Anoka Hennepin. And I think it was Robbinsdale at least have partial SROs on staff. So this is, I mean, you factor all the city, the, the schools that still have their SROs in place, which once again, there has been a legal uh, briefing released by the attorney general, by the governor's office, and the, the company that insures most cities has said, yes, this is legit. You can do this. Here's the guidance that you need. This is less than 10% of public schools is like this. This is less than 10% of public schools is impacted by this. And frankly, a lot of the public schools that are impacted by this seem to be in Republican areas where as an attempt to make this a political thing, they're yanking their police officers out of there saying, now the school's less safe because we pulled them out ourselves. Wait a second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, apparently one of the things that has been exposed and Aaron May Quay put this out and I, I thought this was very interesting. That you cannot, for, for I guess it was 10 years, when it comes to special needs students in schools, these rules were already in place that you could not, a police officer could not go up to a special needs kid and put them into any of these prone positions, pressure on their back, pressure on their head, pressure on their neck, restrict their airways to where they cannot you know say anything. You can't do that. And that the, these laws have been in place for a while, and they have, and no one said a thing. Republicans never said anything. Police never said anything. No one said anything about this. And now all of a sudden, we're going to make this the standard for all students, not just the special needs students, and they're going crazy. So the question is, are you saying that for some reason that the same standards that the special needs kids can't be applied to all students? Or are you saying that, no, the special needs kids, you need to have cops be able to throw them down on the ground whenever they want to and kneel, kneel on their back and 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 push, push their face into the ground whenever they need to because safety? Because it would seem to me that if we're talking about this, the special needs kids, I don't think that that's a good idea. Now, once again, we have expressed over and over and over again. The Republicans don't want to actually say what they want to have happen. They want cops to be able to, without any consequences, be able to manhandle a kid in a school. That's what they want. They don't want any consequences. That's all this is about. But it, it is, it's kind of interesting that this is hardly any schools in the state. It is not really a problem of, you know, that I, I don't think too many schools are, are crippled by this in regards to the SROs not being there. And the fact that there's already been this standard for a while and the Republicans never had a problem with it. And so now it's a lie to everyone and they have a big problem with it. I, This is a joke. This is just a joke. Hour two, that's up next.
Hour number two of the show here on your Friday. Good to be with you today. Drive safe out there as you're heading out for your weekend. Matt and Patrick here today. Uh, Patrick, um, what do you, what do you think about nerd culture? <laughs> I, I just, I just, I, you know what I'm talking about the, the video gamers, the guys that are always making comments about every movie, whether Avengers or DC or you know, you know, yeah, they just they're they're relentless. They're always, you know, what I'm talking about the nerd culture. Out Absolutely. There. Uh, well, kind of my, because I don't know where you're going with this, but. Let's say there's a piece of media that this person wants to review. They've already made their mind up about what they're going to think about this piece of media. They just kind of subject themselves to it anyway. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, okay. There comes a point where that mind gets made up, generally way before anyone gets to see the movie, though. I have often lamented the 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 demise of the critic and what i mean by that is that i mean well, and i'll say this uh, joy summers who is my cousin who writes food for the star tribune and she's wonderful food critics are great because they give you a story with them we've had them on the air i like talking to food critics cuz they're about the only ones left who actually do this back in the 80s you would pick up Spin Magazine or Rolling Stone or The Reader or City Pages, and you'd read about an album release, and it would be this three-column-wide thing talking about each song and breaking it down. And what it was was this, is you got to know the writer. And once you figured out the writer that you kind of agreed with in this, then you kind of were able to take in what they what they were about. It's... Um, it, it, you know, it, it really is a lost art. Movies, television were the same way. And with the demise of of a lot of the media in regards to this, I mean, I mean, you used to get, I, I've got in my house, I've got uh, like an old container of old Entertainment Weekly magazines from like the 19, early 1990s. And they're thick. They're like 120 pages and they're long stories. And then you see the last ones that they put out, which basically before they went under, which was about six, seven years ago. And they're, they're basically like a freaking pamphlet. And they just, it was the demise of it all. And it all became this. And this, and this is the thing I've always talked about. It's, it's the, I can't stand the loved it, hated it, loved it, hated it. That's all they do. They don't actually tell you anything about it. I loved it. And that's all they say. I hated it. And that's all they say. Well, that's not nerd culture per se, but nerds have kind of taken this and they'll put out a <laughs> they'll put out a hour long YouTube video about why that's not the right you know gunsling on Chewbacca and let me explain why part one <laughs> this will be a ten part series. And, and you know you, you, they they kind of get out there and they'll get into the details in this and initially on social media I think that they were there especially with the demise of the critics that they were there and they would at least on certain things I mean they weren't necessarily reviewing um, you know dramas or this is us or something like this or real housewives per se but they were they were reviewing like the the, the superhero stuff the horror movie stuff the action stuff that's what they would review it has turned, and it has turned horribly because it almost seems like – I'm going to go back to what Patrick, what you just said. 
there comes a moment where they make a decision whether they're going to basically try to destroy something or promote something. And most of the time, that comes down to these nerds <laughs> having come up with their own version of what the story should be. They've seen the trailer, and then they met, and then and then the, 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 then the then Supergirl meets me, and she falls in love with me. Oh my god, that's gonna be the coolest movie ever! You know that sort of thing. And when that doesn't happen. The spurned lover comes on out. And it's that moment where this is nothing what I wanted. How dare you? You didn't give this is nothing what I wanted. It's horrible. Here's why that sucks. Do you Patrick, did you see the movie Dungeons and Dragons? This is the one with Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. I did not have a chance to watch it. I was on my short list, but do you, have, do you have Amazon Prime right now? Oh, uh, I'll have to check. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it right now. It's on there right now. Watch it. Why? It's a freaking hoot. It is an absolute freaking hoot. It's a fun film. And I'll say this as well as I just watched last week and I finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on it was on Disney Plus. That was fun. It wasn't great. It wasn't as good as the first one, but nothing is as good as the first one is. I mean, the first one is great, usually. And that's what spurs the sequels. But it wasn't bad. But of the two of them, I'm going to just say Dungeons & Dragons was actually really good. It's hilarious. Outright hilarious at points. I'm not going to say anything else outside of Fat Dragon. I'll leave it there. And the hologram scene, and I just, that's all I'm going to say, holy God, I actually had to stop the film. I was laughing so hard. It's that good. Chris Pine is a, is a, is a freaking national treasure. How they've not gotten him. Well, I think he was tied up with Wonder Woman. So that's why I probably haven't gotten him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But he's great. He's very enjoyable. Michelle Rodriguez, who is, is, is unwatchable in my mind in the Fast and the Furious movies is a freaking hoot in this movie. She's great fun. Everyone was, a, even Hugh Grant. Hugh freaking Grant is entertaining in this film. Hugh Grant. Why did I not watch it? Why did I not give it? Because nerd culture. I don't know what what character was supposed to be their secret lover or whatever it was going to be. But, oh, my God, this is the worst movie ever. I had it. I had it so much. It's so horrible. It's the worst. Oh, my God, I had it. Because they're just bitter and angry in there. I have literally, I, I've gotten to the point. I'm going to just give you, uh, here's here's what I do. Rotten Tomatoes. That is That still is kind of the bellwether that's where you want to go because I, you know, at least you're going to get a, a somewhat decent review, not by an individual, but by, you know, by committee. Basically, they'll factor everyone's in and you'll do it that way. Because if you are online, I mean, it's gotten to the point where there are these, there, there are some websites that I've enjoyed over the years that I thought gave pretty good, you know, this. It, now it just seems like they're so consumed by their own celebrity that it's this, how dare the Marvel Cinematic Universe not contact me and ask me all my plot points. I'm never going to give another one of their movies a positive review again. I mean, and that's what you get. And 
for some damn reason, I sat there when that movie came out and said, you know, I don't want to see that. I mean, it sounds like it's bad. And it's this actually made me mad because I'm like, wait a second here. Where was, you know, where, where did all this? Ugh. I'm sorry, nerds. I know it's the rise of the nerds. That's what the what the internet's really done is it's taken the people that were marginalized, put out to the side, the guys in Stranger Things who are playing in the Dungeons and Dragons group. Those guys have now ruled the world. They have basically have have they they brought in culture. I mean, for God's sakes, Doctor Who is is wildly popular now. I can't even comprehend this world half the time. I love Doctor Who, by the way, absolutely do. Back from when I was a kid, but I was a nerd. <laughs> I'm not out there writing articles about, about you know, why I need to hit this character because it did not kiss me. I don't know why. You just, I, I think that this is kind of the, the problem. Is one of the reasons why people I don't think go to the movies is you can't, you, I don't know who you trust anymore to give you a decent review. It goes for television. goes for music. goes really for music. My God. I mean, I, I just, I, it, it is unfortunate. I will say this. I thought Dungeons and Dragons was a freaking hoot. Good fun. Enjoyed it. Chris Pine is is fantastic in it. Go watch it. That is worthwhile. And shame on all you guys that basically that don't tell the plot I wanted. So I'm gonna hit this film. Fine. But still, at the same time, you just you, I don't. I think we got to the point where you can't trust half these guys because they're not going to give you a legitimate review on this stuff. Yeah, because I want to go back to the, you briefly mentioned music, and I understand people have jobs as critics, and it's easier said than done, but I wish someone would say, let's say, for example, I don't like country music very much, to say, I am not the right person to review this album, because exactly. I cannot legitimately say whether this is a good or bad album. I went after Ryman Schneider a few years back, way back when, about 10 years ago, when he was dogging on Rush, and I'm like, if you don't like Rush, why are you going to review the concert? If you do not like this band, why are you going to review them? You're not going to have a good time. You bring up country music. I'm not the biggest country music fan. I have a few artists that I like. But if you were to put me in the middle of a, a country music concert, I wouldn't really enjoy myself. I don't even know the songs. I'm not the guy to do that. And, and to be fair... I'm also not the guy to go and review the Rush concert. Why? Because I'm a you know I'm a gibbering chimp when they're on. Like, hey, the best ever! I love it. Now, you see, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, it doesn't mean I can't be a fan of someone. Bruce Springsteen comes through. I'm a fan of Bruce Springsteen. I'd love to see Bruce Springsteen, but I'm not. I mean, I can at least sit back and say whether or not a concert was good or bad. I'm not going to just sit out there and go, oh, it was it was fantastic. And I, that's the crime of it all. I, I just think that it's it's we have ruined the ability for people to be able to, to you know to, to trust anyone on this stuff. And so it takes you sometimes. And like I said, I started watching. And it's like oh, I guess I'll watch this just to see how it goes. Like 15 minutes into the film, I'm like, okay, wait a second here. How did they not like this film? I mean, 15 minutes in the film, I thought I was I, I thought it was very entertaining. And yeah. Worthwhile. And I mean, I have nothing. I'm not related to Chris Pine or Michelle Rodriguez or Hugh Grant or anyone like that. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, we're all at some point and we get down back in the line. But no, I just, yeah, it was entertaining. I just don't know why we can't, you know, it, it, with the rise of the nerds became this back, you know, this, 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 this undercurrent where the nerds basically felt like their word was everything. 
And that is, that's a, that's a travesty. And I mean, if I may make a suggestion to the nerds, learn humility, dudes, learn, learn that you are not the one I get it. You have 200,000, 300,000, 4 million followers, whatever you, the, the world existed before you, the world will exist after you and no people that are making decisions on a hundred million dollar scale are not betrothed to follow what you demand and say. So find, go, go back to what got you there. Enjoy the ride. Be the fan. Don't th- sit there and try to dictate and determine what is and what is not right and wrong. 952-946-6205. Wow, I took more time on that than I thought I was going to. Uh, when we come back, uh, Reformer, you've done it again. We're going to head on out to the western part of the state where chaos is ensuing in one county. Is this is Murray County? It's just to the east of Pipestone. Yeah, we got to go through this story. It's It's got some fun. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Quick things here. Apparently, the Constitutional Republic Party is looking for a constitutional-based candidate to run in Minnesota 52B. That's Ruth Richardson's seat. She's, uh, of course, resigned to take her, keep her job with, uh, uh, go back to her job full-time over at uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, the case may be. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, I've, I'm going to call that. Can we call that seat now? <laughs> Can I call that race now? And the DFL is going to win that here. I also have to mention uh, a January 6th insurrectionist update. We do have another sentencing coming down. Zip tie guy. Remember zip tie guy and his mom? Well, they both have been sentenced. Uh, the judge was sentenced Eric Munchell to 57 months in prison. That's what the federal government had requested. They gave him what they wanted, 57 months. So that's basically four plus years. His mother... Gets a three-year term. Oh, God, that'll make some love. Thanksgiving will be lovely this year, won't it? Oh, all my best, you traitors to the country. Good luck with all that. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Anyway, to Slayton, Minnesota, out in the western side of the state, the mayor of this small city is a little skeptical about the latest accusation against former Sheriff Stephen Allen Tellcamp. But only because the alleged scheme required some effort. <laughs> wow. I was actually kind of surprised that he had done that. Not that it's beyond his personality, but he has actually but that he was actually around because he was very absent sheriff, said Slayton Mayor Myron Carney. The thing Telcamp is alleged to have done, according to prosecutors, is to fix a drunk driving case to help a friend and fellow law enforcement official. By the way, once again, if I may, why we should not allow cops to have no accountability in our schools. They make some bad choices. Telcamp, who didn't seek re-election last year, has also been accused by townsfolk of workplace harassment, a chronic absenteeism, but he's never suffered any consequences, illustrating the power of elected sheriffs to govern with virtual impunity backed by the law. Former Sheriff Telkamp is an embarrassment to the sheriffs of Minnesota. I'm glad that he's out and I'm not going to testify on his trial on his behalf. That's as strong as I can be, I guess, without saying something profane, said Randy Willis, the Minnesota Sheriff Association's deputy director. Neither Telkamp nor his lawyer, Stephen Forsch, responded to the reformer for this in, uh, the, for an interview. 
Tellekamp, out of office, now confronts the blunt edge of the law he has sworn to upheld. According to court records on April 17th, 2022, Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Conservation Officer James Robinson, who is a friend of Telcam, drove his car off a road in southwestern Murray County and hit a culvert rolling the car onto its side. And once again, Murray County is basically, it's you know, kind of, you know where Pipestone is out in the very western part of the state? It's the county next to Pipestone County there, so. First responders and local deputies who responded to the incident say Robinson smelled like alcohol. He was sent to Murray County Medical Center, during which officers got a warrant to test his blood for alcohol. Robinson's blood kit was transferred to a refrigerator at the Murray County Sheriff's Office, where Telecamp was in charge. Following protocol, blood kits are stored in the fridge until a county personnel who are able to ship the blood kit to the State Bureau of Criminal Apprehension for testing. But the BCA never received Robinson's blood kit, and to this day, it remains lost. Behind the scenes, the DNR, Robinson's employer, was conducting its own investigation in the car wreck following a citizen complaint. A DNR official spoke to Telecamp on August 2022. So once again, this this accident happened April 2022. A few months later, August 2022, Telecamp told them that he took over the investigation into the wreck because he was retiring and he didn't want a deputy assigned to an incident to have to arrest a fellow officer according to court records. Um, Telcamp told the DNR officer that he was waiting for toxicology reports from the blood samples sent to the BCA. So he basically said he sent the blood sample to the BCA, but the BCA never received the blood kit. So in October of 2022, the agency opened its own investigation. At the time, Deputy Sheriff Heath Landsman, who is now the Murray County Sheriff, told investigators that on the day after the crash in April 2022, Telecamp told Landsman to lock the case down and limit access to the case reports by other sheriff personnel. A little odd. Telecamp told Landsman that he had mailed the blood kit to the BCA according to the court documents. The BCA obtained records from Robinson's phone, which listed numerous phone calls to and from a number linked to Telecamp's wife. So once again, Robinson's phone, this is the guy that's accused of drinking and driving, Numerous calls to, to Telcamp's wife. Well, maybe they were, you know, clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. No, no, no. Sorry. From April 17th to April 21st, Robinson's phone received multiple calls from the number listed to Telcamp's wife. Oh, yeah. You're a real great sheriff here. Telecamp has been charged with misconduct of a public officer, which is a maximum penalty of one year in prison and or a $3,000 fine. In July of this year, Robinson was charged with careless driving for the car accident. The DNR confirmed to the reformer that it received a complaint about Robinson, but refused to provide records associated with it, citing an exemption in public record laws about personnel data. Circle the wagons. Uh, Carney, the mayor of the city of 2000, said he thinks people in the area are either unaware of the case or they don't want to think too much about the fact that their sheriff of 20 years uses his position of power to help a friend. Oh, you think that was the first time, too, don't you? Uh, all you uh, uh, isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Slayton residents had good reason to want to move from on from Telcamp. He said people think that's over. We don't need to think about it, Carney said. And by the way, that is kind of the mentality of a lot of conservative areas. 
is, and this is one of the reasons why they don't feel Donald Trump should face any charges, is that they feel as if, well, that's happened. What's done is done. Move on. Well, unless it's a Democrat. And then it's like, you need to lock up our life. But, you know, that's kind of how they do this. And clearly the conservative part of this town in Slayton, they basically look at this this sheriff in a little bit different light and and probably as a very conservative individual. Again, a county sheriff in, in western Minnesota, of course they're conservative. So once again, the standard conservative mentality about law and justice is, well, he, he's gone. You don't need to hold him accountable. That's how conservatives think about this stuff. Carney said months would go by and no one knew where Telkamp was, especially during the last four-year term from 2018 to 2022. I want to put this out there again. This is, this is, this is a hoot. So you have a county sheriff where for his final term in office, no one really knew where he was most of the time. Wow. His appearance at the sheriff's office or any place else was very limited, if at all, really, said Paul Malone, a former Murray County attorney, for 20 years who now has a private practice in Slayton. Malone wouldn't comment on the interactions he had with Telcamp as a county attorney, but he said people around town talked about him not showing up to work. Telcamp's absenteeism was also known to the Minnesota Sheriff's Association. When you're the elected sheriff or of the county, you're responsible, first of all, for your people in your office and the citizens of your county. He was not any of that. This is from the Minnesota Sheriff's Association. He, uh, he really didn't care at all about his county. Uh, he didn't really like him. He was never around the office, said Willis, the Minnesota Sheriff's Attorney Deputy Director. Willis said Telecamp doesn't embody any principles of the association and its members. Uh, Telecamp is receiving over $4,400 per month in retirement benefits from his time in law enforcement, according to State Public Employer Retirement Association. So once again, let's uh, let's do the old Matt's Math Corner. Uh, da, 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 retirement benefits, four zero zero times 12. Wow, he's got a nice little retirement there. $52,000, $800. In Murray County, that's like $100,000, I bet you, out in freaking Murray County. I, I guarantee that goes a lot longer out there. And I'm going to guess as well, uh, you know, a lot of people are probably asking, wait a minute, we, we're paying him all this money and he didn't even show up for most of the time during his last four years in office? Oh, that's that's a great investment. Uh, sheriffs in Minnesota are elected officials, meaning they are difficult to remove from office other than defeating them at the ballot box. Residents can petition for removal, but that process is arduous and it's very complicated. Former Murray County Sheriff Telcamp didn't face calls for resignation because of the alleged misconduct incident last year, but he is no stranger to them. Yeah, this guy... This guy sounds horrible. He sounds horrible. And once again, I want to make sure we understand this. We're having this discussion right now about the SROs in our schools. And the argument from the police and the argument from the Republicans is that the judgment of police officers and law enforcement is never to be questioned. That if they grab a 14-year-old in a school, throw them face down into the ground, get on their back, drive in their knee into their back, 
because he thought he said something that he didn't like, well then, you know what? You got to stand by the cop. The kid's probably rotten. Lock him up. What's the case? We talked yesterday about the Minnesota reformer story, speaking of Minnesota reformer and how good they're doing. We talked yesterday about the story about how Sure, there is a slight decrease in violent crime with an SRO in the school, but there is a massive increase in suspensions, expulsions, and referrals to the criminal justice system when SROs are in school compared to other school districts. And so what you got is the walking tall mentality that I am the the law and I, I am absolute and I can't be questioned. And if you dare question me, I'm going to throw you into suspension or get you expelled or put you into the criminal justice system because I am the law. And then we have a story about this in this state, about a sheriff who's basically not even showing up to office. And it sure sounds like he basically fixed this case to make sure that his buddy didn't get, get charged. I think we can we can honestly say there there is some clear questions about judgment that are going on here right now. I'll come back, finish up the story, and also you know expose Republican hypocrisy once again. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. The Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. Now, so I want to make sure we understand something about Telecamp. This is the the former Murray County Sheriff out in western Minnesota. Uh, what we have right now is some serious questions on whether he himself uh, interacted and tried to derail a drunk driving charge against his buddy, and we also have this mysterious fact that he basically did not seem to show up hardly at all for work for basically his entire second term. And it gets worse. Here you go. In 2018, Murray County officials received video recordings that showed Telcamp engaged in objectively inappropriate, aggressive, disparaging, profane, abusive, sexually charged, and threatening behavior in front of county employees, according to the findings of an independent investigation ordered by the Murray County Board of Commissioners. I want to make sure you don't usually see this many words involved. Engaged in objectionably inappropriate, aggressive, disparaging, profane, abusive, sexually charged, and threatening behavior. Your county sheriff here. Would you want this guy to be in an SRO in your kid's school? Let me ask you that. Seriously, would you want this guy, Mr. Uh, inappropriate, aggressive, disparaging, profane, abused, sexually charged, and threatening, you want that guy being in charge of your kids in your school? Please. The investigation found Telcamp made disdainful comments in front of county workers about the Murray County Board of Commissioners and threatened to use his authority to retaliate against them. Oh, tell me this guy was one of those. The county sheriff is the most powerful individual in the entire United States. No, they're not. Anyway, Telcamp was caught on video ranting about the board and listing ways to undermine its authority, like calling the Department of Labor. According to the investigation, Telecamp called the Murray County Board of Commissioners a P-word board. 
This is on tape. This is the county sheriff. A P word board and said, every one of them commissioners is a failed F word. And they can't F word do anything in life. Wow. Wow. After two commissioners released a policy memo about the county. By the way, do you, I'm going to just take a guess. And can I just say this? I'm... I have no idea. I'm just, this is just wild speculation. This sounds like a drinking problem or a drug problem. It sounds like something like that. Not showing up for the office. This kind of diatribe rant. I mean, come on. Wow. After two commissioners released a policy memo about the county's time reporting requirements, Telecamp instructed his staff not to follow the policy according to the investigation. Telecamp ranting about the policy in front of county workers then yelled, they do, they want my blanking boot up their caboose. F word your policy. This is my house. This is the county sheriff of Murray County, Sheriff Telecamp. Once again, I'm going to put out there. Would you want this guy as your SRO in your kid's school? Wow. After the investigation was made public, the Murray County Board of Commissioners asked for his immediate resignation. Telecamp published a letter to the editor in the Worthington Globe and apologized for his language, saying he had become passionate while standing up for his employees. He said the Board of Commissioners was trying to control the sheriff's office. He vowed to run for re-election in 2018. As your elected sheriff, I will not stand by and watch dishonest county board and county coordinator take control of your county, Telcamp Road. If the county board and commissioners continue to strip me of my duties, they're stripping you of your rights. A government must have checks and balances and elected me to serve and protect you as long as I'm sheriff. I will do just that. Murray County residents re-elected Telcamp with 55% of the vote. Of course they did. Of course they did. They can't. They, they, they can have... Okay, I've said this before. I'll say this again. A, a, a conservative in America can, today could walk in on their spouse having sex with Donald Trump and the first words out of their mouth will be, damn Democrats. They can't ever be critical of this. This guy clearly should not have been elected and 55% voted for him. 55%. Uh, some Murray County residents attributed his 2018 re-election to the number of fervent Telcamp supporters plus the incumbency advantages of an elected sheriff. But the latest allegation seems to be the last straw for Murray County residents. I have a lot of respect for laws. And so, and by the way, can I, let me go back to when I said earlier about conservatives and their mentality is, I don't think we let bygones be bygones. They want to do that because they don't want to have to acknowledge that they themselves were wrong. They themselves were wrong. Republicans just, they're broken that way. They, are, they don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. But they don't even want to ask for forgiveness. They just basically don't want to ask permission. They don't want to ask for forgiveness. They just basically, that, that it's their way or the highway. So we should, we should very critically look at the people of Murray County and look at all of them who had this atrocious man as their county sheriff and said, yep, let's give him another term. A term in which he barely showed up for work for four years.
I have a lot of respect for law enforcement, but when you got cops covering up other cops, how do you take them seriously? Said Slayton resident Kevin Nielsen. Uh, not Nielsen, Nelson. Nelson. Nelson, who owns a storage business in Slayton, said he's worried not many people in Murray County are aware of Telecamp's latest alleged misdeeds because the, the conservative paper and the conservative radio station in your town won't publish the, the, the crimes of conservatives. That's why they don't know about it because it's not being covered because, wait, it makes a Republican look bad? Well, we can't publish that. That's why. I, you know, I, I have zero doubt that I mean, this is kind of the problem that we have in small town America today is that you can have someone who is clearly a horrible candidate and a horrible person, but because they sound like the most conservative of them all, well, I'm going to give them another term in office. Uh, it's a matter of getting out there, letting people know about it. Will it amount to anything? Probably not. Six months from now, everyone will forget about it. Tell Camp and Robinson they're scheduled to have their next court hearing in October. You know, there's a lot to unpack on this story. And the main point is that this, it just, it, it highlights that there are bad cops. And if we don't, we live in Minneapolis, St. Paul, for God's sakes. We don't need a reminder of that. Derek Chauvin, the entire crew that was there, you know, you know, the, the, uh, you know, Potter shooting the uh, Dante right up in Brooklyn Park. I mean, they're just they're just bad cops. They're not they're 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 hyper aggressive. They're not trained properly. They think their gun is a freaking video game half the damn time. They 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 feel as if they have authority that I am the god that sort of thing. And what you end up getting is you get bad police work. Now this is not all police officers. I know there's going to be people out there who's like, you constantly bash on the cops. You're right, I can bash on the cops, on the bad cops. But I also say, and I'm very quick to say, there are a lot of very good police officers, a lot of people who do a very hard job and they do it well. What blows my freaking mind is how in the hell does no one else call these guys out? For four years, everyone that worked in that sheriff's department knew this guy was nowhere to be found. They 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 knew that this was his buddy when this was that this this drinking and driving case happened, and at no point did they basically publicly call him out, because that is conservative America today. That's that's how they do it. That's how they look at it. Is is that you can't have consequences. You can't have you know accountability. And and and. You know, if you do, if you rat on someone, if you, and that's how they think about it, you ratted on them. This guy was, this guy was the county sheriff. Think about living in this county and the arrogance and, and incompetence of this guy as the county sheriff. But once again, I'll take it back to the SROs. Right now, as in any industry, there are bad versions of cops. And some of them are in schools. And some of them have bad days. And some of them get angry. Do you feel as if that if there's a 14-year-old who hasn't done anything wrong, that if the officer comes up 
grabs them by the neck, throws them to the ground, jumps on their back, drives their face into the ground. And and at the end of it, basically, is like, well, I had to do this because, you know, I just got to keep, you know, you can't be upset about it. Do you think there should be accountability for that? I do. I don't think that that's a stern th- finger wagging. I don't think that that's a that's a that's a remedial classes. I think that that's a no. They shouldn't be a cop. And I don't. If anything, with this SRO thing that has has been very frustrating, is this? How are we supposed to fix this problem when? Even the most basic level of accountability is rejected as a bridge too far. Whether it's in Murray County, where, once again, clearly this guy should never have been sheriff. And yet 55% of the people voted for him again. To which then he never showed, or rarely, it sounds like he rarely showed up to office. I, I just, how do we fix this problem because we have one side, and and I've said before with the SROs, and I said it yesterday, and I'm, saying, I'm going to say it again today. I don't think it's a coincidence that the SROs, that there are these big deals that are happening with far-right police officers yanking officers out of school districts or far-right or schools that are in far-right political districts yanking the SROs out there and there's big hubbub and this big whole thing where they're screaming at the top of their lungs, look at this, this is great injustice, this is happening. I think this is all political and and, and because what they're trying to do is stop any accountability whatsoever. I am... It's it, This story out of the reformer, once again, that's where you'll find the story of the Murray County guy. It just highlights how that if we're going to we are going to place police officers on just a day-to-day basis around our children, that the standards we have for those police officers has to be high. And no, that's not just because they've got a bud a badge and a gun that that basically that that that's it. That that's all you need. That's all they need. They got the badge and the gun. That's all they need. They don't need anything else. They don't, they can, as long as they got the badge and the gun, they're, 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 they're absolute, they're tantamount. You can't question them. That's it. And the reality is, is that we need to, if, if there's anything that we have that us as parents particularly have that warrants a incredibly cautious approach, it's our children. But like I said yesterday as well, I think a lot of the people that are insisting that this bill is horrible, they're not thinking about trying to keep white kids in line. How about I say it like that? 952-946-6205. Steve is in Minneapolis. Uh, Steve, thanks for holding. Welcome on into the show. Hi. Hey. Um, just grilling some shrimp here. Nothing uh, wrong with that. What kind, what kind of shrimp? Uh, what, 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 what kind of seasoning do you have on the shrimp? Uh, garlic butter with a little bit of lime, uh, lime juice in it. Nice, man. Nice. Oh, sounds good, man. So, anyway, you know, uh, you were talking about the movie reviewers earlier. Yes. And that always reminds me of a quote from comic book guy on The Simpsons <laughs> when he said, Worst galactic wars ever. <laughs> I shall only see it Three more times today. 
that's how I feel about these idiots that, you know, they consider themselves influencers. It's like... Just blow them up. Just don't pay any attention to well, them. Well, you, you, you kind of have to. And, Steve, thank you very much. It is also a good reminder that The Simpsons is actually, no matter what you say, The Simpsons is always about four years ahead of everyone else. Because, yeah, that is they they have become a parody of comic book guy. 952-946-6205. Uh, once again, really quick, when I come back, I'm gonna re- we, I'm gonna get Patrick's take on the football games this weekend because I forgot to get Broadcorp in here. I gotta get Michael Broadcorp. He's our Vikings guy. I'm gonna get him on Monday. Uh, we'll talk about that as well as also uh, I gotta call out Republican hypocrisy. One more little bit of it when we do return. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil show. The, uh, I was, uh, interesting story, um, that was out early this week. It was talking about the, the, uh, infrastructure investment and jobs act that was signed by Biden in 2021 and how every part of this state is getting a major, you know, major improvements. Memorial bridge in little falls. That's ZZ flops district. Uh, basically they're going to get, that bridge is going to get fixed. They have 46 trains that go past that road every day. They're going to build that bridge. Uh, and so it's going to be a $3.2 million investment. to So the bridge, uh, bridge doesn't cross the railroad tracks, which means drivers will spend less time waiting for a, on an intersection with 46 trains per day. You know, Republicans, if you hate Joe Biden so much, I'm pretty sure then you're saying, no, 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 we don't want that money. Wait, what's what, what, what's that? No, you're all saying, no, they want the money. Oh, that's right. Here's the problem with Republicans. Like I said, they don't want to ask for, a, for permission. They don't want to ask for forgiveness. What they're going to basically go out there and do is say, well, you flop brought his dead body. No, he didn't. Hey, uh, wait, was it Tom Emmer? Is that Tom Emmer's district? That might be Emmer. That might be Fishbach. Hey, they brought us money. No, they didn't. They voted against it. DFL, you need to get out into every single one of these districts and take credit for what you've done because I guarantee you the Republicans will. And they, even though they did everything in their power to stop it. Uh, Patrick, uh, your thoughts tomorrow, Gophers, uh, Eastern Michigan, um, uh, what? Yeah, they, 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 you know, I still think this is going to be one of those games where we're going to be up 28-0 in the first quarter and then have to get a last-second field goal to barely w- survive. Uh, Eastern Michigan's pretty bad. I'm not totally worried about this one as much. I, I think, as you said, it'll probably be a little bit of why are we only up two touchdowns by these guys midway through the third quarter, but... Eastern Michigan, they're just not going to be able to pull it off. All right. The, the one that I'm most interested in, Vikings kick off their home game. Can I just say something about last night's football game? I watched a little bit of that. The reason why we need preseason games is those guys look so damn sloppy half that game. Oh, both sides, Detroit and Kansas City, look so sloppy. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see sloppy football for the first half of these games because this is really the first action all the starters have gotten. Uh, Vikings-Tampa on Sunday. Who's wins that game? I think the Vikings win. The one thing that does concern me that if there's one good thing about the Buccaneers, it's their secondary. That's yeah. kind of what concerns me a little bit, but I don't think the Bucs are going to have enough offense to win either. Better than Justin Jefferson? I don't think they're better than Justin oh, there Jefferson. You go, there you go. Patrick, Patrick is once again warmed in our hearts. We, but we love you again, Patrick, because Justin Jefferson is 
is is is is is wonderful. I'll t- I'll give you an update from this on Monday because I'm going to the game and I'm going to get Broadcorp on because I'll get his thoughts. We need to get our Viking special. Michael Broadcorp is not only a political pundit but he's also our Viking specialist. We're going to get him on the air Monday to recap that game and give us his thoughts on the season. Uh, have a great weekend. We are heading on out. Girls Aloud taking us into the weekend. Have a good one. Native Roots Radio, they're up next. We'll be back on a Monday. Till then, see ya. Feels like